0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network. Discover the power within. UnityOnlineRadio.org The voice of an awakening world.
0: Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James.
1: Hello and welcome to our first live show of 2022. Happy New Year. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is the Everyday Peace show. I'm super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace Every day, peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness, I'm super, I get supercharged every time I say that. And wow, 2021 was quite a year, right? We had so many great guests on our show Uh, last year. We had great dialogue between our guests and our listeners. And as you know, our theme of 2021 was what? Are we waiting for? And the answer through a lot of discovery, self discovery, a lot of dialogue and opening up different parts of ourselves, we know that we are not waiting for anything. The answer is absolutely nothing. And so as we turn our attention to our new year, a whole new year we get. Congratulations, everybody. Here we are at the start of a brand new year and a brand new you and a brand new me. We get to define who and what we want to be. So we turn our attention to this 2022. And I have been reflecting on the last couple of years and our focus, um, what our focus would be for 2022. Obviously, the pandemic has had a traumatic impact on our lives over the last couple of years, and on our hearts. And you know, our hearts go out to our friends and family members um, who have been impacted by the Omicron, our new variant of um, the COVID. In 2021, we encouraged our everyday peacemakers to use the opportunity to work on themselves, to take all of the year, to work on ourselves, to get ourselves to our next level of greatness. And I'm so proud of the work that we did last year. I really am. We did a lot of work. And you know, uh, I, I absolutely don't like the word work cause it sounds like hard, but I think we did a lot of self care. We did a lot of educating, we grew a lot. And so as I think of 2022, I think about what a great opportunity we have to leverage that work there's that word again that we've done last year and to have a real impact on our lives right we're moving forward as we all focus on personal development right personally develop as 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 we develop as each and every one of us develops so our increased development causes the world to develop and grow and that's what we want and so um in 2022, that's where we're gonna focus on our personal, personal development. But as I think about the year ahead, I'm certain that we have what it takes right now, right now to move forward to the lives we want. With this in mind, I am pleased to announce, drum roll, that our theme of, for 2022 is, it's time to improve my life, right? Can we use some improvement in whatever area you want to improve in, right? It's time to improve my life. I put the theme in the first person because I want all of the everyday peacemakers to take personal accountability for changing your life for the better. Right. If it's got to be, it's up to me. I'm stepping up to this challenge in my own life, and I'm asking you to step up to this challenge in your life. Can you imagine how great we're gonna feel at the end of this year when we have improved some part of our life? How amazing! So, um, what do you think? Are you ready to make 2022 your best year yet? I know you are, I know I am too. So Let's not wait. Let's get started right now. We got a fabulous year of guests for us. We're kicking off today. We got fabulous guests today talking about improving our life. So first, I have I want you to know that I have developed a free, absolutely free five day boot camp called Earn Like a Boss. How about that for improving your life? And guess what? The boot camp is a one hour a night. Uh, from 7 to 8 p.m eastern time and it teaches the five steps to thinking like a boss to increase your earning potential in 2022 Here's the great news. The kickoff for that boot camp is today, January 10th. Is our first day of the boot camp is absolutely free. If you have not already signed up, I encourage you to do so. Um, it's going to be in just a few hours from now at 7 p.m. Eastern. So it was going to be over Zoom. It's absolutely free. So don't waste any time. If you haven't signed up, go to my website, which is drdravonjames.com. What a wonderful excuse to go over there and check out that website. I'm really proud of the job they did with that. So um, you can register right at and It'll come right up and say, you want to attend tonight's boot camp, learning to earn like a boss, improving your finances. How about a way? That's a way to go, right? So if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me at drdravonjames and you can just um, click the link there in my profile and join us for this free boot camp tonight it's easy to sign up it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be informative Did i mentioned it was free it's absolutely free you don't want to wait you're going to learn so much you're going to laugh you're going to learn you're going to grow i can't think of a better way to kick off 2022 so earn like a boss what a way to improve second let's talk about 2022 goals we ended our year Our last two shows we dedicated to being able to set goals. Why was that so important? Well, you remember. We talked about at the beginning of 2021, we said that 91 percent of all goals fail, resolutions fail, but ours will not because we have the secret sauce on how to make that uh, how to make our goals work. So we talked about the importance of setting your annual goals in 2022. And If you have not set your goals for 2022, I strongly encourage you to go back, listen to those shows. The last two shows, you'll be amazed at how much you're going to get from there. There is great information that will provide you um, including provide you with tips and tools, including some homework exercises so you can be effective um, with setting actionable goals in 2022 that will be successful, that you will hit the target. So you can access that sh- those shows and all of our shows by subscribing to... Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can listen right here on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website. You can also access um, content um, regarding everything Everyday Peace by visiting the um, DrDrayvonJames.com website. You can get information on all the free things we got out there. We got amazing free courses out there to improve self-esteem, to improve self-confidence. Remember, this is the year that we that we improve um, an area of our life. So all themes are about improvement. So if you have your 2022 goals, congratulations. Let's talk about the next step. As we discussed last year, I want you to know again that we make our goals in three categories to be successful. That is the health category, the wealth And the relationship category. So you write down your goals in those categories, and you pick one goal from each category. You have your top three that you're going to work from, and that's going to help you to increase your your success rate. I want you to think about the kind of person you want to improve to to achieve those goals in 2022. So we're going to be working on a lot of a lot of areas in in that. In regards to that. So, I want to bring on without any further ado, we're going to be talking about goals and improvement all year, guys. Get excited about moving, actually doing the work to move to your next level of greatness. And today, we have a fabulous guest with us. It's going to help us do some wonderful self work. And if it's, um, if it's up to me, I keep saying this, it's got to be. So we got to get started right here. First live show, our amazing guest is Mary Joy. She's been with us before. Um, I'm so excited to welcome Mary Joy as our first guest today. She is a repeat guest. So, you know, when we bring a guest back why? Because it was wonderful information and we couldn't fit it all in there. And I do hear from you guys. So thank you when you when you uh, email me and you get on my website and you talk about a guest. So Mary Joy is back by popular demand. She is a solution. Focused therapist. She helps you to learn to listen to yourself and make connections and valuable non judgmental corrections that can elevate your life. She is with us today to talk about both self care, um, codependency, narcissistic abuse. Um, these topics are so important. Mary Joy, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you, Dr. Drayvon James. Everything you said resonated with me that you were just talking about is that to improve your life this year and I hope that we help people do that today. I'm so glad to be back and so honored to help serve your audience and hope everyone is enjoying a better new year.
1: Yes yes and I'm honored to have you here and I think this topic this you being our first live show of the year so much fits into our theme of the year because we do want to improve these areas and there are um, we're talking about codependency today and since you were on our show last I cannot tell you how many people have reached out to me to talk about this topic and which is really prevalent um codependency and how almost life crippling it can be for a lot of people who are these extreme people pleasers it seems like but it goes even deeper than that um what what how does one know if they're codependent let's start at the very beginning well, in brief, I'm going to define
0: codependency very briefly, and then I'll just give you a list of a few symptoms so people can relate to it. Briefly, it's when you lose your sense of self or yourself in caring about others. That manifests in people-pleasing, approval-seeking, you know, over-apologizing, saying yes when you mean no and no when you mean yes sometimes to the other spectrum of a more controlling codependent. It's the, I know what's best for you, and they give ultimatums, and they nag, and they make turn people into projects. And these are all related around a fear of abandonment and staying attached to people in maladaptive ways. So Hopefully that makes sense to someone out there, because if you say yes when you mean no and no when you mean yes and feel really guilty when you tell someone you can't do something and you give out into your burnout, you might be codependent.
1: And I love the fact that you offered that codependent who is controlling, because a lot of times we don't think of that, right? We think of codependence as being, as you said, yes to everything, people pleasing. But I love the fact that you said that sometimes they really feel like they have the answer for everybody, for everything. And that is a way of them trying to control the environment. So they, I guess, maybe keep people around them, you know, so they're oh, yeah, not, oh, yeah,
0: it, it, it is a. It is a, you know, when I was researching different forms of codependency, I said, oh my goodness, there's, this, there's a spectrum or a constellation to this. And uh, they are the most difficult to treat as clients because they self avoid more often. It's all a form of self avoidance. Both, both the doormat and the controller are avoiding dealing with exactly what you talked about before this show, and it's living the life they want. They don't live their own life. They're trying to live through others or for others or with others, but not what they want in relationship to others, which is very different when you're just trying to live vicariously through someone or for someone. And they they do the more controlling kind, turns people into projects they rescue, and they're famous for giving unsolicited advice, like just telling you what you should do with your life, and they have no idea what they're doing with theirs. <laughs> so... I'd try to add some humor into it. But, um, yes, if we, could, if we could all just, you know, cut back on the invisible gavels, and if someone asks for advice, then give it to them. But if they don't, then they haven't asked for it yet.
1: Yeah, and that's, so, that's so interesting, right? That I love the fact that you bring this up, that um, this codependent at this extreme, of the, well, now, are they all... I guess they're all practicing self-avoidance, right? This is using a different tactic to do it because the people pleaser is overly involved in someone else's life too, right? Yeah, they're, overly, and you know, so yeah, go ahead.
0: Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I know that phone lags sometimes. Uh, the one thing I learned and I learned it three quarters of the way through writing my book, which is sort of scary that you're writing something and you have a, and, and, Uh, and not an epiphany, maybe, but a revelation, I would call it a revelation, about three quarters of the way writing it, I said, Oh, my goodness, codependency, no matter which end of the spectrum it's on or everything in between is a form of self harm. If you're allowing other people to take over your life. It's a form of self harm. It truly is. And I had to step back from that. And I took a few days off from writing. And I said, I really want to explore that. Because either codependent or anything in between is is harming themselves when they're not taking time to improve their own life and take time to self-care and be self-aware. They've usually been taught in childhood they have to give of themselves and they can't really do anything they want. They're sort of giving to others without any regard to themselves. They neglect themselves
1: oh i'm gonna love this show and for anyone who's codependent out there stick with us all year because this this theme is really going to help you because it's time to improve my life not my neighbor's life not my spouse's life not my best friend's life my life right and so that having to go back and deal with the self-avoidance right and stop this form of self-harm when you say it that way um uh, self-harm it really sort of resonated with me in that the seriousness of this when it is a form, oh, yeah. a form a form of self-harm you know when i don't know why when when i when you said the phrase the first thing that popped in my head was people who do you know inflict wounds on themselves you know um As a way of dealing. Right. And um, so they're inflicting this physical pain. But that's the image that I had when you said this is a form of self-harm. This individual is engaging in activities and practices that are going to bring them harm. And they are doing it over and over and over again. Wow. Yes.
0: And I was the worst offender. I absolutely was one of the worst offenders of this and I had a lot of questions and uh, it put me on a quest to figure out what was going on in my brain there's there's really a trinity to this there's a body mind and a spirit approach to it and that holistic approach is so important because when I had that revelation just like you said you saw someone cutting themselves that's exactly what I saw when I was writing this book I said this is like someone is just taking a knife to their emotional life and cutting their own life up with emotional abuse, allowing other people to, to use you until you're abused or abnormally used is what abuse really means. I wish they'd say what the word really means because that's where it came from, is a combination of abnormal use. If you're allowing oh, yourself to be abnormally used by someone, then you are harming yourself indirectly by allowing someone to do that. You wouldn't just stand there and let someone hit you. You don't stand there and let someone belittle, berate, and demean you, though many codependents do that. They absolutely do. And that's where people need to step back and start evaluating. It's okay for them to live their own life. That's right, your life. When you say, my life, improve my life, you don't have to improve everyone else's around you to improve yours. You don't have to be trapped in other people's illnesses, addictions, anything. You can... can, Love people from a distance or from a therapeutic distance. You can hold space for other people without giving them all of your space. As one codependent said to me, it's so beautifully put, you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep everybody else warm.
1: Mm. Wow. And wow. It's, yeah, and as you're saying all this, and my heart is going out for people who are in this position, but I see how the culture sort of applauds that behavior in them. Oh, they're so selfless. Oh, they're so giving. And so that even, to me, traps, could trap them in this behavior even further because, you know, I don't know if you said this or if I'm surmising this, so you correct me on this, but it seems like this self-avoidance and this, uh, this allowing this form of self-harm, getting overly involved in somebody else's life, it's like people gathering to keep people around you. Maybe you're avoiding, you know, you're avoiding yourself. You said self-avoidance. So you're keeping people around yeah, you. So beautiful. The more, yeah, the, thank you. So the more people, the more people applaud you as being, oh, you're so giving. Oh, you're, that is, that encourages this very dangerous, I was going yes, like
0: to
1: say, very dangerous
0: behavior. Yes, you know, our, I love how you put that. It's, I, I'm, uh, I'm smiling in delight. I wish people could see it. That is exactly, our society loves selfless people, which means you have less of yourself. It also condones bravado and um, narcissism. So do you see how codependents and narcissists, I always say they can find each other in the dark. If you put a thousand people in a room and one is codependent and one's a narcissist and you turn out the lights, they'll find each other because one is seeking attention for being selfless, and the other one is seeking attention to have their selfish needs met. So what a dynamic if they're not aware of their dysfunction and maladaption. They're both driven by a fear of abandonment, and they sort of develop this parasitic, very toxic relationship, literally toxic. It releases a lot of chemicals and causes a trauma bond, which is what a narcissistic... Uh, codependent relationship is made of it feels like love but it's a trauma bond so hopefully that touched someone's heart out there to understand um, you don't have to stay miserable if you're miserable in a relationship really miserable or someone's harming you and you feel like I always hear the sentence but I love him but I love him or but I love her but I love her that might not be love it may be a trauma bond
1: okay so we are getting into the whole meat of this discussion which is why i really brought wanted you to come back is because you have such a good way of uh, speaking in layman's term and making this very easy so we introduced a relatively new term i want to say it it was not a term that was in my vocabulary as a regular word until recent years Um, I, i think there's been a lot of um talk in, you know, in, at least in the, in the circles that I move in about narcissistic behavior. But I got to tell you, when I first heard about it, I had no idea what it was. So can you just tell for, the, for our listeners who may be as ignorant as I was a few years ago, what what is a narcissistic personality type? What is that? There, There's narcissistic
0: personalities and then there's narcissistic personality disorder. And the disorder oh. is a severe form of it. Um, okay. And it, those people have a sense of entitlement. They exploit other people. They have a need for admiration. They're grandiose. They only want to be around special, you know, quote-unquote special and unique people. They're highly jealous or think people are jealous of them, and they truly will use other people to their own, um, and they have very little empathy, but they use people to their own advantage. Now, narcissistic people may have one of the, or two of those traits in some areas, and uh, it's very it's very difficult to just say someone has narcissistic personality disorder. They, there's there's a specific set of rules and uh, guidelines for that. Being a therapist or a psychologist, as you know. Uh, on the same token. It was really scary. I heard some talk. I, I'm, I don't have the exact research on who said it or how it happened, but they almost took narcissistic personality disorder out of the DSM-5, which is our diagnostic manual, because when something becomes prevalent and accepted in society, they take it out. So they considered modifying it, which is scary, because they're just, let me put it in real layman's terms, as you said. They're just selfish of self-absorbed jerks who just hurt people and they don't have any empathy for you and they're happy when you're sad. They just absolutely enjoy you satelliting around them and being part of their entourage. And they use people for fuel, as do codependents, but in a different way. I call codependency narcissism in reverse. Because narcissists are absorbed in themselves, and codependents are absorbed with other people. Again, you see how that twisted dynamic forms a bond that is not easily yes. broken unless you can see it.
1: Wow. And so, yeah, they're both getting what they uh, – I don't know if this is like a parasitic relationship, but I guess a lot of relationships are parasitic.
0: But uh, I think they what feels familiar to them, which is the root word of familiar, is family. So it usually traces back to something that was rooted in your family dynamic as a child. So, yes, that's, I didn't mean to finish your sentence no. for you, but yes, yes they're, so they're
1: pretty much, that's what happens. Let's just talk about that a little bit. I hope everybody's as, as enlightened, enlightened by this conversation as I am, because I bet you that. Um, well, I don't have the numbers in front of, in front of me, but maybe you know that this is very prevalent. Uh, codependency is yeah. very prevalent. It is very, very prevalent. Um, and would you say, Mary, that that these codependents are they suffering? Do they know that they are that they are self harming? Is there an awareness? Not well. I I, I tell you from my own state of mind
0: no i did, i was not aware until i just completely gave out until i just had no more to give until i was physically ill uh so no they're usually not aware because everybody like you said earlier you're so astute to observe that we say oh they appla- oh you're so good oh you're so kind you're so loving you're so giving oh my goodness no i was not aware that i was being exploited or um treated lesser than someone else just to be used. Uh, My talents, my skills, my time, my finances. I was so financially abused by my ex-husband. It was uh, astronomically unbelievable. Lost a home, cars. Uh, It was awful. And and so I had to learn that was my rock bottom because it's a lot like addiction because of that trauma bond that creates a, an addictive quality to it that when they're nice to you, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, they're very nice to you to get what they want. Then when they extract what they want, you feel depleted and then you get angry, but you're really angry at yourself for allowing it. But that's the part you don't know. You want to blame them. But you took part in it and taking responsibility, not accountability, but taking responsibility for your part in it is when healing begins, when you start realizing I had something to do with this. And you no longer feel like a victim, but you start looking for solutions to become better and get your life back. And maybe there for the first time. I know as a child, I was a psychiatrist's daughter raised to be an extension of my family's image. And a lot of abuses happened to me as a kid. And I had to keep all the family secrets quiet and take a fall for everyone that became familiar to me. And the brain seeks the familiar in adulthood, which is again, the root word is family. So I had to untwist my familiar brain reactivity that led me to reenact my childhood relationships and my adulthood. And I, it's an everyday process. I don't think it ever stops. I get tripped up every day in some way and we're all a work in process. So I don't want anybody to feel condemned or like they can never get better because every day in every way we have to work at it. This is not something you can just turn a switch on and get healing from. It's a process. Uh, It took you a long time
1: to a break, a break right there Mary Joy because we have we have to go to a commercial break return after this with Mary Joy the book is Codependent Discovery Recovery 2.0 an amazing book more after this break Thanks for joining us This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to our show. We're talking today with um therapist, author, Mary Joy, who's written a book Codependent Discovery and Recovery 2.0, a holistic approach to healing and freeing yourself. And I, I was saying to her, we're talking during the break that I actually ordered the book and I've been reading it and it's fascinating. It is just so it's so fascinating. It's eye-opening. Um uh, it really My goodness, I can't say. I encourage everyone get this book, read this book, Um, find out if this is the reason why you're so tired and depleted. Find out if your relationships with others uh, could uh, be a little bit strained because you are in a trauma bonding situation. And then, lastly. Find out how to disentangle yourself from that in a gentle, kind way and how to love on yourself. You know, this is this is our theme this year. It's time to improve my life. We're using it in the first person because I want you to put yourself in there. I want you to say that phrase and I want you to get this book because I know that um, if this is something that you are struggling with. Well, Mary Joy is living proof. Um, She was someone who was struggling with codependency too. She's written the book in such easy, friendly language. It is a page turner to me, so I know it'll be a page turner to other people too. So um, it's not like a technical read or anything like that. It's just really a good good book. So we're talking, you and I, during the break, and something you said um, before the break and I didn't c- go back to, but I want to. Um, you used the word abuse and you pronounced it abuse, abnormal use. And yes. when when you said that, my brain just you know firing on all cylinders because when you said that and you combined it with the you know talking about codependence, codependency is a form of self harm. So yes. we have to. I think there's some twisting somewhere when an individual doesn't realize that they're being abnormally used. Either there's harsh talk towards them that they just keep. You mentioned that that you know. Um, they stay around for abusive behavior. And um, and maybe they call that commitment, right? They're so yeah. committed, right? But they don't realize and that's you will abnormal. Get
0: if you, if you, you will get committed if you stay around long enough in a commitment like that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And you mentioned about, you know, um, having your ex, you know, cause you to lose a home, a car, and, you know, mm. abnormal use of my funds and of my time, right? And not yeah. being able to say that, I uh, I used to post daily on on social media, and I remember one year I posted on there, and and this, this popped in my head too, I don't know how, but from years ago I posted, do not overpay for love, don't pay for something that should be free. Right. And that seems like Oh yes, yeah, beautiful Yeah. But and I don't know why that popped in my head. I must have wrote that post, um I'll go back and see it. Maybe it was twenty nineteen or something like that. But um but it seems like codependents are in this place where they feel like they need to offer up something in exchange for love. Yes. Right. Usually yeah. themselves, their whole
0: self, their whole being.
1: Mm.
0: Yes, I used to be a songwriter and songwriters are infamous for, you know, I'll I'll I I'll die for you, baby. You know, I can't live without you. I can't go on another moment. I, I'm, I'm, you know, this, this, there are so many codependent songs out there. It is unbelievable. And I used to write them. So I was a songwriter uh, for 30 years in Nashville. So I certainly understand that dynamic. And um, it's wow. really sad that we do kind of elevate selfless love without and no one's going to listen to a song that says i love you reciprocally that's
1: but but we do
0: we we are healthier when we love reciprocally with mutual respect and the core of what drives those codependent narcissistic relationships is they're both lacking self-confidence the codependent lacks self-confidence and self-love and the narcissist secretly hates themselves and i would say a codependent secretly loves themselves and the best way I can tell you, the fastest way, and it's, it's in the book, but I'm just going to give it away here because people need to improve their life. When someone comes to me in codependent crisis and they've been narcissistically abused and they say, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I want, I start with two simple exercises. I ask them what they don't want and then I put on the other side what they do want. I'm writing the opposite. They think I'm just taking notes. I'm writing the opposite. If they say they don't want to be abused anymore, I just say they want to be in a reciprocal, happy relationship with mutual respect. I'm writing the opposite because they don't know what they want, but they actually are telling me what they do want from what they don't want. And that exercise is oh. in the book. Then then I ask them to give me at least seven traits of an ideal mate. And they they just look at me with such such confusion. I say, no, don't overthink it. Just right off the top of your head, seven traits of an ideal mate. That answers the question of who I am because every single time I've ever read that list back to someone, and I've done it to myself, that's how I developed it, doing it for myself, I said, that list is me. I do love me. I do know who I am, and I do know what I want. But I had to go to the dark side to find the light. And so that's what at the end of every chapter in this book, it goes to the the dark side of what you learned and bringing it into the light. And then people are writing their own self-help because my job is to help people listen to themselves and to help themselves, as you said, improve my life. This will help people know what they do want from what they don't want. It's just old fashion scientific deductive reasoning and I tell people thank you for saying it's readable because I tell people I read so you don't have to and I research so you don't have to I can use all the big words but it doesn't help people in crisis it didn't help me so right. uh, you know I was oh reading the big words and I had to put them into little words to help me heal
1: because when right. you're in if
0: crisis you... you don't need to hear theory
1: you need action you need, you need plan action. You need. Okay, so we have two callers who have been holding okay. on, one from Anna, Illinois, okay. and we're going to just go and pick up the calls. I'm going to do this perfectly at the start of the new year, guys. Here we go. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Dravon James. We have the fabulous Mary Joy with us today. Thank you for calling in. Did you have a question or comment? and if you're talking we can't hear you it says you're on air but we cannot hear you this is from anna illinois okay nope and we're going to go to we have a caller from missouri okay hello thank you for holding you on the air with our wonderful guest mary joy i don't know what's going on here i'm going to put it back on hold and see if we can come back and pick it up again okay so um but what i wanted to say when you were you were mentioning about the techniques that people can use i think these are wonderful i love giving someone something to do with their time um, other than sitting there and asking themselves how did this happen to me how did this happen to me right i like actionable things and that's what we're about this year and improving my life so um, what you don't want what you don't want seems like a simple question right i don't want this i don't want to be spoken to abrasively i don't want yes. people to lose patience with me i you know i don't um how about this i don't want to be abandoned i'm sure many of them um uh don't want to be abandoned right they want someone yes, they're who's driven to
0: by that fear so you do want to feel safe in your relationships like i don't want to be spoken abrasively to I would translate that into I want to be spoken to with kindness and respect as I speak with others. You see how you, you know what you do want from 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 the complaining and I know that new thought says don't focus on what you don't want. But if that's where you are, then embrace that pain. You cannot skip that step. It's like grief. You cannot skip the step of realization of your grief and just move on. You have to you have to stay there just a moment and and embrace it and then replace it with what you do want, and then your brain erases it. It does. Your brain will do the work for you. It's simpler than you might imagine when you just start listening to yourself, what you really, really want.
1: You know, I, I love that. You know, you said something. I came across a writing by Abraham Hicks and years ago, and it said something about if when you know what you don't want, It helps you to know what you do want. And I thought that was so refreshing, right? So if someone says to you, you know, by process of elimination, right, it it, it, is to me seems makes makes sense, right? Process of elimination. Well, I know I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. Well, there's some other options on the table. Now let me review those other things. So it's the process of elimination. I agree with you that, um, and you're right, new thought says, oh, don't focus on what you don't want. But you don't have to focus on it long once you identify it. You're not
0: focusing on your Recognizing it so you can neutralize it. Can you tell everyone right. a songwriter? Everything rhymes to me. I, don't <laughs> right. I, I annoy myself, but, but it's beautiful prose. <laughs> yeah, but it does help us remember things. Rhymes help us remember the lyrics to songs. But but yes, it just helps you recognize the the problem so you can focus on the solution. And I am a solution-focused therapist, as you mentioned at the introduction, and that's what I help people to. You know, the rearview mirror is for a reference guide to look back every now and then, but the windshield is huge and the rearview mirror is small. you, Mm -hmm. You have to look at the problem in order to solution focus that you're focusing on the solution, not the problem. But you have to recognize the problem so you can solve it
1: yeah so what do you say to and maybe maybe i'm hearing the answer to this in these three questions that you have that you have them answered but what do you say to people who say and i've i've talked i have many clients who will say this when i ask them about boundaries you know do you, you know what are your boundaries and things like that even the word boundaries sort of causes them to tense up they have no idea you know what uh, what boundaries should i have i i don't know you know yeah, and I always say, you know, well, do you have a hard no? Like if this behavior is absolutely not, you know, it's an automatic and they're like, well, I don't know. You know, what do you say to people who have that? Is that like a sign? Like maybe you have some codependencies going on where you don't know what your boundaries are, what your standards are. You don't have any of those. You're just sort of people just treat you in your very, kind of way. Very
0: much so. It's also it's. It- it's a sign of codependency. It's also a sign of trauma, and a lot of codependents were traumatized as children and adolescents or even a broken heart. Your first broken heart can be traumatizing, you know, And trauma is not a competition, so it it can be on all kinds of levels. But anything that makes you feel diminished, berated, demeaned, belittled, it, that inner critic that we get as children, you know, you're never going to amount to anything, son, you're never going to amount to anything, daughter. These these things can stick with us even if they're just verbal or emotional. It depends on the resilience of the child and the adolescent. But a boundary, I used to have horses. I lived in Tennessee outside of Nashville, and I was in graduate school in Nashville, and I didn't understand boundaries because I was still codependent and didn't know it. You know, I, I was just beginning my studies, and we were reading the boundaries book, and I was out there feeding my horses, and I said, now I understand boundaries. This this fence around my horses is not to keep people out. It's to keep my horses safe and in. And the gate is the important part of this fence. It's who I let in and out of that gate and who I trust with the combination to that gate. And who knows about that back gate that's important. The boundaries are about who you let in and out of your life. And it all depends on safety. It all, if you don't feel safe with someone, Close the gate. If you're trying to know if you feel safe around someone, leave it open just a little bit. Just don't overshare, or but if that makes sense, I mean, it's all about controlling that gate and who you don't let anyone ever control the gate but yourself.
1: That's it. Oh, that's so very important. That it's, it's it sounds so uh, like a no brainer. But I can see how someone in an attempt to develop relationships strong and quickly could be, you know, uh, overshare or could be um, overly trusting of individuals who definitely have not proven themselves to be trustworthy yet. And always in in trying to it seems almost to and I don't want to seem harsh, but it seems almost a bit that the codependent is. A bit manipulative, just like the narcissistic individual, because they exactly. may be using they kindness. They don't even know it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that they're using kindness to sort of rope people in, unbeknownst to them. And then I, I'm not sure the narcissistic um, disorder what they are using to rope, rope people in. Uh, it seems. Like uh, a narcissistic behavior would be repulsive to most people, but because the I guess the codependent is so needy, it's not repulsive to them.
0: It, it is. And, you know, usually the narcissist is very much aware of what they're doing. I wish I didn't know that, but I've had to treat some through the years in my internships. They don't often wow. show up for therapy, but when they do, they're very aware of what they're doing. Codependence, on the other hand, which, again, is not a formal disorder. Codependency has never been a formal disorder. They don't know how to quantify or qualify someone who gives too much. They don't know how to do that. They have not figured it out yet. But they're not as aware. I certainly wasn't aware I was being overly nice to have people like me. I really didn't know that. I think the perfect example of that that everybody could probably relate to, you know, of a of a certain age, I think it's the most famous Oscar speech ever in the world was when Sally Field got an Oscar and she said, Oh, you like me. You really, really like me And it oh. it's just an Oscar for her to know we already liked you, Sally. You didn't need an Oscar for that. We all loved you. And it, and then many years later she mentioned that it took her a long time to unravel that. And she had a very difficult dad who was a stunt man and I don't know Sally Field, but I've read some of her biography and I said, Wow, that's very similar to my childhood when she was told you're you're not thin enough, you're not pretty enough, you're, you know, you're not a blonde, you're not this, you're not that. I heard all those messages as a kid, so I, and you're too short, I, I got a lot of those messages, so um, I said, wow, that really resonated, and she had to unravel it, too, so that's why they're not really aware. They're performing, they're giving, and they call it giving a performance. A lot of performers are quasi codependents. There's a whole chapter in my book on covert codependence because they're not aware of it. Um, healthcare workers, a lot of um, philanthropists, people just give and give and give till there's nothing left to give. Uh, So they need to learn to receive. So I hope people out there are receiving this message that it's okay to suspend over giving for a while and then see what's genuine, what makes you feel good, because we feel good when we give and we feel badly when we don't, and codependents feel that a whole lot more than a regular person. So just you might want to suspend your giving for a while to see what's genuine and to see what might you might be doing to just to please people to keep them attached to you.
1: So it's so funny that you mentioned professions, right? Because all through our conversation, I was in the back of my mind saying that there are entire industries that would have to change greatly if codependence did not exist. And and I didn't want to say Absolutely. it out loud, but you did. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. So are because good. I have been in the healthcare industry my entire Including life. Therapists. Yes, I've right. been
0: in you know,
1: Right, yes, right. It's as a health pharmacist health for over 30 years. And when I tell you the insane giving of healthcare workers, my hat just tips over for them. Um, yes. But I can see that in um, self uh self-harm to the to the harm of self um you know this this in it it's such a applaudable um thing that we're doing we you know you stand up in your you know first responders and you're so happy but and and that's great and i am too but my heart sort of breaks a little bit for this personality type and oh, yeah. the abuse that has occurred here the whole industry is built on these people who are overgivers. Yes, and and, and I
0: have a section in there about first responders and military and the trauma that they endure from witnessing trauma after trauma after trauma. They are taking on the trauma of other people. They are rescuing people. I have no doubt they are heroes, but you will never hear them say they feel like a hero. And when when they've gone way too far and done it for too long, they start getting PTSD symptoms and they have to stop because they can't function anymore because they feel so um, detached and withdrawn. They just can't witness any more horror. And uh, I I applaud them in one way. And also just like you, I empathize and sympathize. I did learn some of this from going on house calls with my father. I was in Mm. situations and I will spare you the details, but I was a child I mean, literally a child. I wasn't even an adolescent yet. and My father took me on house calls because he was the only doctor on our little dinky beach in Florida. Now there is no dinky beach in Florida, but back then there was. And I saw horrible things, and not everyone lived. And I knew what survivor guilt was when I was nine. So these messages that we get, it's, it's okay to rescue people, but by goodness, take a moment after you do that and go rescue yourself. You know, detach and then to go do something to, to reset your brain. And I hope, I really feel like somebody out there got that message. They're just doing too much for too many for too long and they need to take a break. It's okay to yeah. take a break. Especially, have and not COVID healthcare workers taught us this above anything? We've yeah. lost so many of them. And don't and, and, and we should just Honor their memory. There have been yeah. soldiers
1: in a horrible war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And then, and I, and I want to say that if we have a listener here and you are in any way affiliated with a healthcare worker, this would be a great book to um, gift them because oftentimes uh, uh, they don't know that they are suffering from codependency, in, uh, which is a form of self harm until they're into a place where they've hit rock bottom and they're suffering from uh, PTSD and many other issues, right. And extreme exhaustion and, uh, so before you get there it's okay it's okay you have given enough it's o- it's okay to um to start feeding yourself and fueling yourself and going in a place of self-repair so that you can have more to give of course as you know it's a cycle we all want to give but leave room for all of us to give our share i think that's the point here we mentioned during the break and, and um Again, I want to mention the book. It is uh, The author is Mary Joy. We happen to ha- be so fortunate to have her on our show as our special guest today. The book is Codependent Discovery and Recovery 2.0, A Holistic Approach to Healing and Freeing Yourself. I love that it's a holistic approach. When it says holistic to me, I think soft and gentle. Um, the book is available on Amazon. Where else, where else can I get it, Mary?
0: Anywhere books are sold, um, and especially online, books a million, HCI books is the publisher. Simon and Schuster is a distributor. Just just type "Mary Joy Codependent" and you'll find the book. It'll also be available somewhere. as an audio audible uh, audio book as well. Correct. It will be out very soon. It is being recorded okay. as we speak. I I hired a lovely young voice so that I could serve the audience with you I, I, I did I, I just absolutely adore her voice she has the essence of um, she understands the, the, the work so it will
1: be out in audio probably in a month Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome! So look for that, but don't wait because the, the purchasing now and getting this book now will make a huge difference in someone's life. Yeah, when you brought up the health, the, the industry, I said, okay, I, this is my cue. I got to say this because as we were talking, I'm like, there are entire industries who who would not that would not exist in the form that they exist today. By that I mean they'd have a whole overhaul if we could get yes, they would. all of these people <laughs> healthy right and feeling good about themselves and that's what we really want that's that's what they want for their patients for their people that they serve they want them to get fully whole and healthy and we want that for them as well we mentioned during the break that um if if we had well i'm saying it this way we didn't say it exactly this way but if we had a magic wand and we could give something to the codependent that would be a cure-all and something to the narcissistic um disorder individual that would be a cure-all it would be self-confidence. Yes. Right? And so let's just, yes. we got about three minutes left. Um, let's talk about that. What, how, How? what is there a quick and dirty way for somebody to say, hey, I recognize my confidence is low. This is what I'm going to do to improve it. Yes, I will tell you the quickest way, whether people like to hear it or not.
0: <laughs> I know they might not. Meditation. Meditation is the medium The middle ground between your subconscious and conscious and though there's not an audible book out I have a free YouTube channel it's free every meditation at the end of every chapter of my book is in there and none of them are over 10 or 11 minutes long every meditation that helps you get in touch with your conscious to subconscious to give you self-confidence which means to confide in yourself if narcissists were self-confident they wouldn't overcompensate with bravado and cruelty and a lack of empathy. If codependents were self-confident and confided in themselves, they would know it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to want things. It's okay to need things and it's okay to receive. You see how meditation will help you do that because it'll get you in touch with you. Both those, yes, that's the quick fix is meditation or just visualization. And they can be done in five minutes. The first meditation from my Uh, book is five minutes long. Just imagine a life you really, really, really want and just sit with that. And what does it look like?
1: It's that simple. Oh my goodness. It's time to improve my life. That's our. Theme for twenty twenty two. I hope you are as excited as I am about what we're hearing right now. That you can, I can, we can improve our self-confidence simply by meditating five minutes, guys. And I love the fact that you have um, you know, the meditative practice in the book. So there's the prompt. So, you know, I hear people all the time that tell me, Oh, Dr. James, I can't meditate. My mind wanders. Well, yeah, great. We got a prompt for you. So it will wander onto this prompt. And you can meditate on that. And that will help to improve your self-confidence, which will eventually help you to have to bridge this gap. We got less than a minute left. Mary Joy, how can our audience connect with you? I know you have, you know, tell us about how, how can we find you? they can go to
0: winterhavencounseling.com they can also contact me on my youtube channel it's very easy to find me on my online my name is mary joy j-o-y-e with that e on the end it makes it very easy to find me and i'm in florida and also i want people to connect with themselves and improve their life too like i said if they don't like the word meditation can you daydream that is all meditation is it's guided meditation is daydreaming for your benefit and improve your life and thank you dr drayvon james for making this uh available to many people i appreciate that
1: oh my pleasure if you all have not registered for earn like a boss hop on over to my website i'd love to see you there 7 p.m eastern time this evening my website again is drdrayvonjames.com this is everyday peace i absolutely love you. I know this is the year of self-improvement. Our theme is it's time to improve my life. Our guest today has provided some wonderful tips and tools for doing that. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.